Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Chair. So good to see all of you as we begin a new book. What's the name of it? The Gospel of Healing. So we're going to learn the next few sessions about healing, uh, what the Word of God has to say about it in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and even today. Now, healing stopped when the apostles all died, right? Or, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm out of here. It's good to have Rebecca, too, for her first session tonight, by the way. So this, this book is a compact version of what it's really, if you read the, the preface there, uh, it's kind of, they took a bunch of tracks, several tracks, and made one book out of this. We will get into this even more in depth in uh, Knowing the Doctrines. This is not it, but it's a big book like this called Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible. We'll dig even deeper than then there you go. So, all right. Yes. Knowing the doctrines? Okay. Then you'll, I don't know where you're at in the, we'll have to figure out where you're at in the loop because it just kind of rotates. It just kind of goes. Uh, ages and dispensations. Okay, okay. So you'll have to wait till the train comes around. Of course, you can go through the other ones again. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, here we go. Uh, you know, s sadly today, there are many people that don't believe in divine healing, even Christians, and some denominations that don't even preach divine healing. And so therefore, uh, you know, sadly we have many that, run to doctors first and medicine first rather than running to God and saying, God, I need you to heal me. I need you to touch me. I've read your word and I believe you're able to heal me. Now, do doctors have a place? Absolutely in our society. But again, uh, I rarely, I, I do go every once in a while to have something confirmed, but God has been my healer. My mother walked in divine healing. She lived to be almost 101 and you could probably count on both hands the number of times she went to a doctor in those number of years but anyway it's again it's something that uh i think the church needs more teaching on because there's a lot of misunderstandings there's a lot of misconceptions about healing so we're going to look at it pretty in depth in this book but we'll even get into it more in the knowing the doctrines of the bible uh there's some that don't get healed is that God's fault? It's usually either in the person that you're praying for's fault or the one praying for them. That's the only two places we could put, could put the blame, right? Because we're going to look tonight. Uh, there's probably uh, 20. Well, there's more than that. I've got a little pamphlet here that I wrote when I had COVID, and I think I put 25 or 30 scriptures in that, and there's a whole lot more than that. But it is definitely... God's will to heal and there's people in this room there's one walking in the door right now that's been healed and uh, so I know she believes in in divine healing so anyway we're gonna that's kind of the kind of laying the groundwork here for this class uh, and the main thing that I want you as students ministers I'm gonna call you ministers okay 
I want you, by the time we finish this, to know a lot of the scriptures, to be able to pray for someone and tell them in God's word. Like right now, if I ask, uh, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but can anyone give me one scripture, chapter and verse on healing that says, I will heal you? Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. There you go. Psalms 103, 1 and 2. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. That's healing their land. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Chronicles, that's what it was. Uh, I was thinking Kings. Yeah. Uh, Exodus 15, 26 in the Old Testament. Then we jump into the new First Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 6. I mean, on and on. But there's a, there's a lot. And that's what I... I want you to be able to do is that is it good like if I come up to you and you say well I don't know the preacher preacher told us that God will heal well uh, can you show me in the Bible where that's at is it important to know you know chapter and verse it's it, it's very important I my, think my uh, my youth pastor whenever I was a kid he actually uh, he actually had a, a, a very funny little if anybody remembers the Prego commercials where it said Prego it's in there right he said, don't be a prego Christian where you just say, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. And I know now, again, it's not as critical as it was when I was being trained. You know, this was 50 years ago. I hate to admit it early, but when, when I went through this book that you're going through, even this, well, it's not, yeah, pretty close to 50. Anyway, now you can almost talk to Siri if you know part of the verse, and, oh, yeah. and she will. She will tell you where it's at, or you can Google uh, if my people which are called, and it's gonna, it's gonna give you, you know, the chapter, the verse, the rest of the whole thing. But it's still, I think it's good as a minister, uh, you know, just just to know what God's word has to say, Old Testament, New Testament. Can I get a witness on on healing? So, chapter one, that was kind of the preface there. Uh, one thing he does say here, I think that I didn't talk about was. Uh, Right here, where was it? Uh, the importance of this subject and the emphatic way in which God's Holy Spirit is pressing it upon the attention of his people demands for it the most careful and thoroughly scriptural study. Effectual faith can only come through thorough conviction. And I really believe the church has gone through a, a period where we haven't been the true church that Jesus would be really proud of. We've, we've turned to the world's way of entertainment with, uh, I think I mentioned it Sunday, skinny jeans, fog machines, and big screens, you know, type thing, get them in and get them out. The church should be a place where I have a need. I'm coming in sick, or I'm lame, or I'm, I'm blind, and, and, and I need a touch from God. We still are responsible for the anointing of God. And we are still, as ministers, you know, I pray, you know, every Sunday or every service we have that, or if there's one needing salvation, there's one needing healing, there's one needing deliverance, Lord, let them, uh, uh, you know, be willing to step up and let us pray for them, you know, type thing. So, again, I think, I think in the end times, we're going to get back to the, what I'm going to call the basics. First church principles. Yeah, salvation, healing, deliverance. And there's probably more, baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know. All of those things, but I really, I really firmly believe that this, there's going to be a day when people will be running to this place. 
right now they're caught up in secularism they're caught up in in, in worldly things the, the enemy has bombarded people with the, and the whole world with COVID with all kinds of stuff that was nothing but a test, test of our faith I believe even then uh, it was a, a deadly virus it killed a lot of people I lost a sister to COVID so I, I definitely understand uh, understand that and I did pray for her. and again you're going to find in ministry that some people you pray for and they're healed and some people are not you know even Oral Roberts he understood you know as great a faith healer as he was he understood that that uh, it's not you know all my job is is to pray for you exactly and it's up to you 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 can lose your healing you can be healed right there and lose it before you even get out to the parking lot you know somebody come up and say well that was that was just a bunch of fake stuff wasn't it going on and blah 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 and this and that and then you get home and you read something and you know within a day you're right back right back where you were so it's very important this little pamphlet right here I'm going to give you all a copy of it when I was sick with COVID I walked around the house quoting these scriptures it's even more I talked about this being a a brief book on healing this is a more of a track I'm probably going to put it in track form at some point but it's seven principles to receiving your healing and the title of it is healing is yours and we'll get you a copy of that do you wow awesome I've sent it I, I bet uh, at least seven or eight different people have had COVID and not a one of them have died from having it they, they, if, if they sit there and, and read these scriptures you know so again so let's look first of all at the uh, the scriptural foundation man has a twofold nature doesn't he He's both a material and a spiritual. I even go a little further than that and say he's threefold. He's body, soul, and spirit. We agree on that? Your spirit man is the real you, right? The body is what we all recognize. I recognize Lisa and John and all of you by your, by your body, you know, your, your shell that you're walking in here on earth. But one of these days, you'll have a glorified body, and I don't know exactly how that is all going to play out. The Bible says we'll be known even as we are known. So we may look look similar, but it'll just be a glorified, immortal, incorruptible body. So uh, anyway, we're a material and spiritual being. Both natures have been equally affected by the fall. His body is exposed to disease. His soul is corrupted by sin. A lot happened in the fall. Would we agree? By chapter three, it was, uh, you know, just no, no. At the moment, the very moment, you know, and we talk about this. I know in the ages and dispensation that man moved from in the dispensation of in innocence to conscience. The very moment he partook of that tree, and uh, there was a penalty. There was a price. Uh, the Bible uses the word curse in chapter of Genesis so again but who broke the curse Jesus amen Jesus broke the curse and because him breaking the curse you and I uh, we can go back to the same status in a sense to the same equality that Adam and Eve had in the garden amen we, we can get this heart and, and uh, spirit man back 
where it should be. The Redeemer appears among men with both hands stretched out to our misery and need. The Redeemer appears among men. Okay, I said that. In the one, he holds salvation. I like this. In the other, healing. What a Savior and what a healer. Amen? Hallelujah. He offers himself to us as a complete Savior, his indwelling spirit, the life of our spirit, his resurrection body, the life of our mortal flesh. He begins his ministry by healing all that had need of healing. Anybody watch watching The Chosen? Anybody watch some of that? Yes, very good. I mean, they take a little bit of creative license with, like, combining some biblical stories into one character. They do that with Mary Magdalene, I believe. But uh, for the most part, they are dead on. In the parts where it counts, they are dead on in Scripture. And uh, it's a very emotional, high-quality telling of... Uh, the of the gospel yeah it's really uh, we've watched I know the first two seasons and again there's early on there were some things that I didn't necessarily totally agree with yeah. the way they portrayed some things but uh, I'm gonna say 80% if not more is is yeah. pretty pretty powerful you know so and I like the way I mean they make Jesus to be you know pretty cool he's pretty you know he's pretty he's just walking up and uh, here, can I help you with that? And he touches them, and bam, they're made, you know, they're made whole, just kind of. So I, I really like, there's a lot of it I love in, in that. So yeah. anyway. Uh, well, and a lot of times in, like, uh, in biblical stories in the past, they made him they made him a lot more magnanimous than he was probably portrayed himself, mm-hmm. considering he said, I come not to be served but to serve. That's not a. That's not this magnanimous person that walks into the room and everybody just goes. <gasps> yeah. 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 I mean, he was sitting in the temple uh, with all these other people, and yes, whenever he opened his mouth, people were drawn to him. Uh, but he was just sitting in the temple, and they said, "Hey, you want to? You're a new yeah. rabbi. You want to get up here and you want to you want to read from uh, Isaiah?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, sure enough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so." If, I think it was made to reach people that didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. So anyway, but yeah, it's it's if you get a chance to to watch that, it's definitely I think worth worth the watch. Okay, back to here. So he he leaves. Anybody ever heard of the Great Commission? Matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He calls it. I kind of like this. He calls it the double commission. You know, not only are we. Yeah, not only are we going out to win the loss, but then he goes on, you know, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and blah, blah, blah. So let's, let's somebody pull that up and let's read that. Anybody know where it's found? Matthew 28, 19 and 20. That's one of them. Yep. The one, with, uh, the one about healing, however, is in Mark 16, 15. Mark, Matthew didn't bring in the healing aspect of it, but... but yes. Oh, I have it highlighted already. Uh, He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. Okay, keep going. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. There it is. Bada boom. That is the full 
mill deal right there. Matthew kind of was a little, yeah, Matthew was a little bit short on his eloquency there in describing all of it. But again, both, either one of those is, for the salvation part, is definitely a good, a good spot. But did you notice the cast out? You know, we talk about salvation, we talk about healing, but there's really a third aspect too, deliverance. Mm -hmm. Deliverance. demonic not with scared of the, the demonic side of it those, those who are willing to even entertain casting out aren't typically scared of that kind of right. thing right. <laughs> but um, it's, it's that sense of so actually I had a conversation today with an old friend who was talking about someone who's showing signs of schizophrenia and it's like how do I tell her that that's demonically influenced without sounding like one of those overly Overly religious people right. that wants to make somebody to Good shame point. them into not accepting, you know, and it's like so. That's where the fear comes in. We don't want to offend by being truthful. It's like I'm not saying they're a bad person. They're like Linda Blair possessed. I'm saying mm-hmm. that that it's demonically influenced and that it's you know it's, it's right. the lies of the devil that has tampered with their brain and, and caused these you know things to happen. Right. And so it's it's just really difficult. But I think there's a lot of um, apprehension to be afraid to go out and really cast out and things like that. Oh, I said exactly that. I said, um, well, I know that you're upset and I know that you feel like he's been lying to you, but you need to understand that what you're dealing with is not him and what you're dealing with is demonic influence that has messed with his brain and he needs to be delivered of that. Yeah, very Very well said. That's good. You didn't back, you didn't back down, but you, yeah, yeah. It's it's when we it's when we try to sugarcoat the truth that we that we cheapen it and we and convolute it and make it not yeah. as potent as it needs to be. Uh, Paul often says, you know, I don't speak eloquently; I speak plainly, so that the truth speaks upon itself and not upon my words alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point, Paul. Yeah. If you water down medication, it doesn't work the same. Exactly. Right. Stop watering down medication. There you yeah, go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Full strength. Yeah, full strength. You know, I sell chemicals, and a lot of them have, are products you can dilute. She got to try one of them the other day. You can you can dilute them, but some of them are what we call ready to use. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's right. So this was the faith once delivered unto the saints. What has become of it? Why has it stopped, y'all? I'm going to throw this out here just for a minute. Let's, let's discuss just why have healings and miracles, I mean, they, let's not say stopped. Let's say slowed. Drastically reduced? Yeah, there you go. Slowed down. I can tell you exactly why. Jesus in Nazareth. Nazareth. Oh, yeah. He goes into Nazareth. They don't believe. He can't do any great miracles there because they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus himself was inhibited by the lack of belief of people. Mm-hmm. So self-sufficiency. Probably part of it, right? Yeah. Well, and we live in a Christian country. Obviously, we were founded that way. We have an excellent sermon about it. But the behavior of the country currently is not, or in the last you know, 100 years or whatever, yeah. is not necessarily uh, indicative of that. And so <laughs> there's agree. this basic knowledge of Christianity. And so it's like this lukewarmness. And so it's really hard to heal a person when they won't even accept that there's something going on. Now, you go over into another country. You go into Africa. They just believe. You see demons getting cast out left and right. I have a friend that takes 
kids are laying hands on villagers and demons are departing kids. Mm -hmm. But you can't go out into a neighborhood in the USA and see the same thing. I think there's more humility in those countries. There, I think pride is a big wall mm -hmm. around that, yeah. uh, you know, blocking yeah. healing uh, in those countries. Yeah. She has visions and stuff of spiders all the time, like it's an every night nightmare. And her little girl comes in and says she's, you know, going to bed. Well, she's already been tucked in, but because of the anxiety from the mom and the spirit that's already attacking the mom, then the little girl is not getting her sleep either. So I, I'm like, how do I tell this person I just met, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a woman and her child that they both need deliverance. Deliverance. They need to have some. So it's gonna. In these. Can I, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Yeah. Another, there was another girl that came over to get some, and her mom does uh, a lot of herb stuff, and she, and she was offering me tinctures and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm I I don't even like to take regular medicine, and I'm I'm not into, and I'm an RN, but I'm not into any of that holistic that goes, you know, leans toward. Uh, Medicine man. man there's, I, Spirit. Yes, that's it. And I just felt it in my spirit because I have a strong discernment about uh, spirits. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're attached. And, and just the whole focus on her mother was like a little extra. And I thought, okay, this has got to be a controlling spirit too in there somewhere. So um, I just felt like there's a lot of, this is two out of two people in my neighborhood that came over. It's witchcraft everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to be theatrical, but my gosh, <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. I yeah. love these people immediately. Yeah, God's going to use you. Absolutely. To, to yeah, I just, I, I, I like that fasting really did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll open your eyes. I have a lot to say on the subject. It's a really strong subject for me, but I'm not going to say it all. One thing I am going to say is that deliverance is real. And more people, when issues come up, when people are being tormented with dreams or spirits at night, whatever it is, seeing manifestations through the house, someone from the church 
who can do these things yep. needs to go to that house and cleanse the house. I'm not talking Catholic. I'm not talking holy waters, and I'm not talking all this. Intervention. <laughs> Absolutely. It's real. I've done it. I've experienced it. But, okay, I'm going to say a little bit more. One thing is that churches don't do this. People aren't taught. Some do. Some do. I don't need that. I'm really loud. Oh, no, it's to record. Oh, cool. <laughs> just, we're just recording it. I need the mic. I need a little help. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, the, um, the, um, they, they, they teach that it's like it's, it was for then, not now. This is no, and so if it's happening now, that is a dynamic spirit. Yeah. That like the Holy Spirit isn't actual, real and working. You know? Well, even Jesus, remember the Belzebub stuff, you know, they yeah, just, they accused him of being something. yeah, from the devil. That's, that's exactly right. Pardon. Well, and I know that you and I kind of talked about this after a Wednesday night service a little bit. We were talking about um, battlefield of the mind Mm -hmm. and mental healing and things of that nature. And I had said I had a revelation because I was going through my own stuff. And I was like, I know why we don't receive healing sometimes. And it's because if I can sit and say, well, God hasn't healed me because not because of my faith or anything. He hasn't healed me because it's just not in his plan or it's just not what he wants from me. It lets me off the hook. Yeah. It allows me to say, well, it's not something I can control. Easy out. It, yeah. it, it, it does. It gives me a trap door. And I'm not saying everybody always gets healed. His ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts. But right. it says clearly in the scripture, you know, that healing is part of that. And I love the way that the beginning of this book, when it talks about the Redeemer appears among men with both hands stretched out, it doesn't say one hand closer to you than the other. It says salvation and healing, and they are equal parts, the giftings that we receive from Christ, not just the blood, not just the eternal life, but also the ability to be healed and the authority to be healed. But we're afraid of putting that mantle of authority of healing on ourselves because if we fail because our own faith is not strong enough, then we have to answer for that. And so it's so much easier to say, well, I don't do name it, claim it. I don't, I don't pray over that. I don't lay hands on people. And it gives me an out. It yeah. gives me a nice little trap door where I can run and hide and say, well, that's, that's God's Good will. point. Good point. Do you have to touch people to see them? I mean, if you feel like somebody needs no. to be. Or that you can maybe. I mean, I would run over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's no, okay. It's okay. Okay. I can get over it. Anyway. I can do all kinds of things. Okay. All right. It's okay. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, we will not. We will, we will treat you as a guest. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, uh, back circle the wagons here. Uh, the, the, the question was why has it stopped? And, we, and we've named several, several reasons. Uh, what we've got to do is, you know, as ministers, which is what we're in this class for, is make sure that everyone knows our position and our stand on it, and we let it be known from the pulpit. You know, we let it be known... Uh, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, that if you're sick, you know, James 5, 16 says, if anyone among you is sick, let them call for the elders of the church, and they'll lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and if there be any sins, there's that second part of it, it shall be forgiven them. I mean, that's the word of God, isn't it? And so, we, we want... Uh, we're not bashful about it here. We're not timid about it. Uh, we've got Baptist people that come here now that uh, you, you rarely heard. You know, it's kind of like somebody's sick. Well, yeah, let's be sure to remember them in our prayers. You know, just a little passing. Yeah, let's remember when you, night, when you pray tonight, do the little now. Lord, we lift up Tom. Just touch him, Lord, you know. No, no, you know, in the mighty name of Jesus, we see him whole and well and We've had two people raised back to life here at this church from the dead because of your prayers. And, and uh, just on and on the list goes cancer. Probably, I don't know how many uh, cancer people have been healed. Lisa, unable to have children. Now she, she, she texted me today. <laughs> what? Pastor. <laughs> no. Begging for. But, yeah. There you go. There's there's Bob Walker and Shara Don Christensen is the one that I I don't know that the whole church prayed for her, but I walked into her. I've told the story. Y'all heard it from Yeah. They had given her a twenty five percent chance to live. Her pastor and everybody was lined up down the hall and already making burial arrangements and uh, again Sometimes we're just used in the gift of healing for that moment. Yeah. You know, there's nine gifts. We'll, we'll study them in knowing the doctrines of the Bible. But at that moment, that gift came on me, walking down the hall of that hospital. And I yelled it out. The nurses probably, uh, you know, 100 feet away heard it. I said, she will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Rose up in me come up out of me and five years later she's still alive you know did you okay yeah yeah anyway yeah she uh just a just a miracle so there's two and then like i said there's all kinds of healings here in this church so we are definitely we understand healing don't we so we'll we'll keep moving on here but there are some churches that it has stopped uh it says here it remained in the church for centuries and only disappeared gradually. Isn't that the way that when I read that, I was like, yep, that's the devil. Right there, subtly, slowly. Mm -hmm. In the growing worldliness, corruption, formalism, and let's call it what it is, unbelief of the early Christian centuries with a reviving faith, with a deepening spiritual life, with a more marked and scriptural recognition of the Holy Spirit and the living Christ, and with the nearer approach of the returning master himself this blessed gospel of physical redemption is beginning to be restored 
to its ancient place, and the church is slowly learning to reclaim, circle that, reclaim what she should never have lost. But along with this, there's also manifested such a spirit of conservative unbelief and cold, traditional, theological, rationalism, yeah, religion, as to make it necessary that we should, quote, contend earnestly for the faith once delivered unto the saints. First of all, we must be sure of our scriptural foundations, which is what we're going to do in this chapter. Faith must ever rest on what? The Word of God. And the most important element in the prayer of faith is full and firm persuasion that the healing of disease by simple faith in God is beyond question a part of the gospel and the doctrine of the scriptures. Let's say this. I believe. I believe. Amen. I believe God. God said it. You know, that, remember the bumper stickers back in the 80s? God said it. I believe it. That settles it, you know. So, first scripture here. We mentioned this one a while ago. This is where there's seven I am statements in the, in the Old Testament. Everybody understands that? I am a provider. I am healer. I am the Shama, the Lord present. I am shalom, peace. But this is what the one that he actually uses the word Jehovah Rapha, which means healer God. So know this scripture. Exodus 20, uh, 15, 25, and 26. There he made for them a statute and ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and you'll do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought up on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord thy God, which healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. The place... Yeah. In a sense, like it's, it's not exactly word for yeah. word, but you know, the way you said, if you if. do what, I will do this. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's yep. like no one on purpose, but repent and I'll heal you. You know, like yeah. heal you. That's, so sin managed just doesn't break walls too much. And, and in, in my handout, step number, well, there's seven steps to healing. Number one is receive Christ mm-hmm. as your Lord and Savior. Number two, remove any hindrances. To healing. Number three, learn God's promises of healing. Number four, claim it and call it done. On and on, resist the devil's lies because it, it is a step-by-step uh, uh, process to really completely... I walk in healing every day, but I speak it. You know, there's a maintenance program too. <laughs> I don't wait until I'm sick. So are you declaring those healing scriptures over you? Quite frequently. Sure do, and I learned that from my mother. I, you know, she 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 printed up. It was only a little half of a page deal. That's called Confessions of Ruby Christensen, and I still have a copy of it from back in the '80s. But she spoke <laughs> life into her bones and health into her body. She didn't work out. She didn't. <laughs> You know, she ate chicken fried steak. She, <laughs> she you know, there, there's a lot, of, and I'm not against, I, I walk myself and I try to eat healthy, you know. I don't, uh, you know, let's give God a chance here, you know, <laughs> type thing. But mainly, she just spoke the word of God over her body, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the word of God. So, 
That's the first one. Exodus 15, 26 uh, is, is the main one. Uh, Psalms 105. He, he jumps over Psalm. I mentioned 103 a while ago. We'll come back to it on the next page. But Psalms 105, 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among the tribes. Who's he talking about? The Israelites, when they brought them out of the Egyptian bondage. This shows us the actual fulfillment of that promise. God's word is truth. Amen? So uh, Job 1 and 2, we know the story of, of Job. It's one of the oldest uh, records of history. Uh, and I like what he says here. Uh, you know, Job goes, Job wrestles with God, kind of, and he's got his friends that come that feel sorry for him, and it's, there's a lot of discourse back and forth. You know, but in the end, you know, and you, Job's wondering what's going on. What's, what's, you know, because even, even God said in the first chapter, you know, he's a, he's a great man. He, astute, he understands evil. He's a perfect in all of his ways. He, the devil said, let me get a hold of him. <laughs> he won't be so perfect. So God allowed the enemy, key, key thing there, God allowed the enemy uh, to attack uh, Job in every stinking way possible. And, and he, he, he kind of like us when we're going through these testings and trials, we, the big word is why. Why? What's going on? What's with, you know, now I don't ask why, I ask what. What's the lesson? <laughs> What's the lesson here, God, that you're trying to teach me in the midst of this trial here? But on the bottom of this page, it says, uh, and when he renounces, he finally gets to it, his self righteousness <laughs> and his self vindication and takes the place where God is seeking to bring him that of self-renunciation and humility he is restored and he is healed isn't he Job wow wow good good deal several chapters in Job where he's sitting there ladling the self-pity on himself. Yeah, he's labeling the self-pity and basically well, God, God looks at him and says, are you done? Are you done? Are you done, you know, rolling around in your own poop? Can I, heal, can I help you out now? Will you do what I ask of you and then you'll be okay? Yeah, there's, there's parts in there where he's basically wallowing around in his own self-pity and God just basically tells him, get up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get going again. Yeah, definitely. So that was worth coming here tonight, wasn't it? Just, just that. I tell them sometimes that was worth combing your hair <laughs> and getting out of out of the house for right there. Amen. Well, I'm glad that blessed you, Rebecca. Glad it touched you. And here's the one, you know. Lisa mentioned it a while ago. Salvation and healing. This is one of the first scriptures David David understood it. You know, 
hundreds of years before Jesus ever came, ever, ever came to do the work on Calvary that produced the healing and the salvation. He said it here, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thy sins or iniquities, who heals what? All thy diseases. So he saw it, didn't he? Even back then. And it, you know, the author says here it's a complete healing, body and spirit, you know, and uh, all his diseases as universal and lasting as the forgiveness of his sin. How glorious and entire that, that uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions. But here, as in the case of Job, there's an intimate connection between the sickness and the sin, and both must be healed together. Remember one time Jesus healed somebody, and they asked him, you know, something about it, and he said, is it easier to say, uh, rise, take up thy bed, and walk, or, yeah. Yeah, he, he, that was one of the, I think it's one of the first miracles in Matthew, and it was uh, whenever they lowered him through the, through the roof, he said, uh, he saw, he, I think it says, he saw the, the belief of, or the faith of his friends, and he said, man, your, your sins are forgiven, and then the, the scribes looked at it, had this puzzled look on their face, and he said, which one is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, to rise, rise up, take your bed, and walk, yeah. and because you have, and because you have asked yourself this, I will make it clear to you, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I will make it clear to you, rise up, take up your bed, and walk, just so you guys can know that I can forgive Do sins. both. Yeah. That I, I can, can do both. I can forgive sin and I can heal. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that was just the faith of his friends. Yeah. I've got a sermon I preach called Four Crazy Friends. <laughs> Anybody got crazy friends? You need some, right? Man, wasn't that How many enjoyed the story Sunday I told of Coy Barker? That was pretty. That was phenomenal. That was crazy. Three and a half days of fasting. He said, I was getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing that God had to get that lady there. You know. That started the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, the closer we. The closer we get to God, the more miracles we're going to see. It's going to be commonplace, you know, more and more. Um, so, but, but like I see, you know, um, when Jesus is there, you know, in, and he's traveling from town to town and from village to village. And like, for instance, the guy being lowered down through the ceiling, he didn't have the faith. His friends had the faith, but I feel like, you know, we could even be ground zero. I don't even know. Like that's more than possible, but you see these healings that are happening more and more and more. People are going to notice. They're, even those who don't have a firm belief in Jesus, they've heard of him because I think just about everybody in the U.S. has heard of him, but they don't have that intimate relationship with him. But the fact that there's a possibility that they could be healed from something terrible, I'll come give it a shot. I'll come check it out. And I just, I foresee that. I feel, yeah. I foresee people flocking. The miraculous. I, I do. I do because, I mean, 
my own issues, you know, before I was saved, if somebody had said, if you, I've heard at this place, they're healing exactly what you're dealing with. I wouldn't have cared what y'all were doing at the place. I would have come and seen what you were doing. Yeah. You know, and I just, I feel like that's, that's what we're going to, yeah. I, I feel like that's Kinda what's like going to happen. like the woman at the well, come see a man. Yes, yes. Come see a man. Absolutely. You don't have to believe yet. Just come on in and let me show you what he can do, yeah. how he can help you. Hallelujah. I'm claiming it. I am claiming it. You're, we're we're going to see it. Do it again, Lord. Amen? Amen? Do it again. Instead of the fancy stained glass windows, and like we talked about earlier, all the fancy stuff, that that's... Uh, uh, you may just be standing outside under an old... Mario Murillo is having some mighty moves of God under a tent. You know, line them up. Just line them up. Faith is either... God is either real and can do the impossible or not. So um, I'm going to interrupt for just a second. I was a little apprehensive about wanting to share this vision that I had when we were doing the ordination service last week. When we were when you were asking them the questions whenever you were we were praying over them, I kept seeing a vision. It's been a long time since I've seen one. Well, I say a long time. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And it was waves of light protruding from this church, almost like an ocean, like like dropping a rock into water. But it was golden light that was ex- was exuding from the front of the sanctuary out into the street. I didn't see how far it went, but I have seen that same vision. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm not alone on that. <laughs> Jonathan and I were discussing yep. it two days Beams ago. of light. Beams Go. of light. Because um, we, we were talking about uh, healing and the church and how Patrick has been inviting people to church and things like that. <laughs> and it was, it, our exact words were, we're becoming the beacon we're supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we were talking about. We thought we're becoming that beacon and, and they're going to see the light of Christ shining out and they're going to come. Do you, does anybody remember at the end of a service, probably a month ago, maybe longer, I had preached, I had Terry close it out, he, he gave a profound word, and then when he finished, while he was saying that, I was leaning, still, you know, just about drunk in the spirit, leaning up against the Me too. platform there, but I said <laughs> something about the spark, yes. the spark has been yes. ignited, it has. It absolutely has. and I, I confess that every day for this church. <laughs> okay, real quick. Three visions of the scene. When we were doing the men's meeting, if you remember, Pastor, we had the men's meeting back in the kitchen. Yep. I I got to speak that Sunday or Saturday, and uh, I had been given a vision of our church sitting on a hill, and everything, the world around it was, was just gray, just like ash, like volcanic ash. And the only source of light was this church on the hill with its beautiful little rays of light coming out the windows. Wow. That's How amazing. A couple years. Yeah. Well, boom. We have, what, four people? Yeah. So yeah. that was two and a half years ago. Then you had it, what, two days ago? Well, couple it wasn't days? a vision, but we were just discussing it that we feel was coming. Okay. Coming. Okay. So Since it, it wasn't like an actual vision. And he had that vision, and I had that vision. So... Okay. <laughs> now, did you did you have something, Rebecca? 
seen the progress over, over with my walk with the Lord for a lot of years now. But there were still things that I knew, I mean, you know, very obvious ways to go. And um, I love the freedom that you worship with. Um, I, I need that. I've been praying for that and for people that are serious about you mm -hmm. know, getting on your face before God and, and accepting each other and, and, uh, and uh, just wanting to please God, just wanting to be who we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to be doing. I have been, I worship at home sometimes better than other times but the last ever since I think it started Sunday night when I am worshiping it is coming out of it's like I, I love this song I'll sing yes Lord yes to your will and to your way I'll sing yes Lord yes okay well I get there and it's like all of a sudden I'm going yes Lord yes <laughs> I mean it's just do it again. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, my, I'm just like, oh, I want to do it again. And and then the roar is there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's coming out of that I mean, you saw this. I mean, even in my own time with God, it's like, wow, well, I'm getting tired. You know? And it was like... Uh, hey, don't be ashamed of that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, not. I'm yeah. just saying... Yeah. Let it out. I Fetters. <laughs> Unfettered. Unfettered worship. Unfettered. Hello. Yeah. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Woo! Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 14 12. Anybody remember Asa? Asa. I had to pull out my Bible and read it. Did you? Me too. He was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers. Here was a king who had begun his reign by an act of simple, implicit trust in God when human resources utterly failed him. And by that trust, verse 9 through 12, he won one of the most glorious victories of history. But success corrupted him. Can it happen? Preachers, lay people, Whoever, we've all seen it, even in our generation, taught him to value too highly. And this is one reason, when we, we, when we discussed a while ago, the arm of the flesh. It's too easy to just call the doctor, to call this, to do. We rely on the flesh, which is what he did here. So that in his next great crisis, he formed an alliance with Syria, lost the help of God. He refuses to take warning from the prophet rushes on to the climax of his earthly confidence. I like that. He becomes sick. He's a greater foe than the Ethiopians, but again, he turns to man. He sought not the Lord, but to the physicians, and the vivid picture of the outcome could not be more sad or sarcastic, and Asa slept with his fathers. He died. Have a lot of people died before their time. Yeah, I believe that. And I tell the Lord that, say, Lord, you know, I'm getting old. I'm getting older, but I'm not going to die before my time until you're through with me. Let me stay here. You know, I'm ready whenever he's ready, but 
And, you know, I have a little deal in my office that says, I will finish my course with joy. So every day I'm going to be joyful. Now, here's the one. This is the powerful one. Uh, we're going to find that this is the one. I, I mentioned it a while ago, and this is something you need to know. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 is the same as 1 Peter 2, 24. One says were, and one says are. By his stripes, you know, here, here Isaiah says, and with his stripes we are healed. Peter quotes it and says, with his stripes you were. You know why? Yeah, Isaiah was looking to the cross. Peter's looking back at the cross. So that's the, just one little change in the verb. verb. You're right. It's done. Yep. Okay, so Peter's saying we are already healed, and he is saying we were healed. Is that? He's just pointing back to the cross. We were. We were. It's already been taken. Claim it. That's all. That's it. So, the great evangelical vision. You're going to see that word evangelical here two or three times. Does everybody understand what the evangelists were? Who the evangelists were. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's usually what, when you see that word here in this book, it's so part of, you know, pretty good, pretty good answer. But it's mainly to those four, the ones that wrote the Gospels. So that's when you see that word, the evangelist or the evangelical vision, it's referring to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The, the very mirror uh, of the coming Redeemer. We know about patterns and we know about types, don't we? We've studied that some in some of the other uh, books here. Uh, let's see. The promise of healing, the very strongest possible statement of complete redemption from pain and sickness by his life and death, and the very words which the evangelist afterwards quotes under the inspired guidance of the Holy Ghost Matthew 8 17 and I wrote in here 16 also but it, it quotes uh, Isaiah 53 4 when it says in, in Matthew 8 17 himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses the little translation would be surely he has borne that's the that's the Hebrew away our sicknesses and carried away our pains now this next uh, paragraph is very important. We're going to look at that substitution and removal. Again, talking about patterns and, and types. Any person who will refer to such a familiar commentary as that of Albert Barnes on Isaiah or any other Hebrew authority will see that the two words here used denote respectively sickness and pain and that the words for bear and carry denote not mere sympathy but an actual substitution and the removal utterly of the thing born. He has borne away our sicknesses and carried away our sins. Powerful, isn't it? Complete removal. A substitution was made. Hallelujah. Therefore, in the same full sense as he has borne our sins, Jesus Christ has surely borne away and carried off our sicknesses too. Yes even our pains so that abiding in him we may be fully delivered from both sickness and pain thus by his stripes 
we are healed. Have you ever been praying for yourself or for somebody else? You know, especially my myself. There's been times when I've been sick and the healing didn't manifest right as quick. You know, the pain was still there. I'm not gonna lie, the pain was still there. But I I would start quoting this scripture. He is carried away, Lord. He's, you've borne my sicknesses. Pain has to leave this body in the name of Jesus. Pain has to go in the name of Jesus. And you just keep saying it. And lo and behold, you look up in a, 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 about 15 or 20 minutes, and the pain is gone. Pretty powerful. John, you've, you've had some healings. Two or, th- you know, two or three that I know are miraculous. Just he, he couldn't even get up off the, you couldn't even walk hardly, could you? Not that long ago, just a year or so ago. A couple years ago, yeah. And he just... We prayed here, and then you were praying at home. And, and the first step or two wasn't easy, was it? Get up. <laughs> That's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And that's when we get into chapter 2. We're going to talk about, uh, there's three, you know, practical directions. Number one, be fully persuaded, you know, uh, about the word of God on this matter. Be assured the will of God to heal. And then number, four, is it number four, I believe it is? Uh, no, that's not it. Where is this? Act your faith. Yeah, on page, page 11. Yeah, act your the symptoms may still be there. Why did Jesus, you know, and Paul and Peter learned it too. Take up your bed and walk. You know, in that movie, The Chosen, that particular scene is pretty powerful. If you watch that part where he goes to the man by the pool and tells him to get his bed up. And, and he's been laying there, what, 38 years, I believe, something like that. Yeah. So you know he was stuck in a rut, wasn't he? And Jesus. That's a pretty long rut. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to circle the wagons. How much time we got? We got okay, thirteen, fourteen minutes. Yes. I just want to make sure everybody understands that it's not because you have self-help gurus all the time that make millions of dollars that go around and say just believe it and achieve it, believe it and achieve it. The power of your mind, like we learned in in, in uh, Joyce Meyer's book, is is powerful. But without the faith to know and understand from which your healing comes from, the blood covenant, it's not the same thing. Do you still repeat it? Do you still believe it in your mind? Yes, but you're believing it because your faith lies in Jesus. Right. Not in man saying that there just you because you believe it, it's going to happen. It's not mind over matter, is it? Lord, well, I believe. That's the difference between faith and fooling yourself. Yeah. There I you mean, go. I can fool myself into believing that all th- uh, all sorts of things with the, with that. Believe it and achieve it and all them <laughs> self-help books. It's, it's basically just, okay, we're just going to, we're basically going to do some, some mental ninja work here. Yeah. And you're just going to trick yourself into, into thinking that it's not there. Yeah. It's basically behavioral conditioning. In a, in a sense, on yourself, yeah. your your Pavlov's dogging yourself. Classical, yeah. Whereas with Christ, we are we are saying, yes, this hurts, but it's not going to, yeah. because 
He's going to take it away. I can't. We don't deny that we are sick. Exactly. We, yeah, yeah. It's the difference. You know, there was a theology that went around for a while. Name it and claim it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very yeah. far out there. You know, type of stuff. Uh, we can't deny that we're sick, but we know who the healer is. Right. Mm-hmm. I might have a 104-degree temperature, but it won't be for long. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Matthew 8:17. Here's a scripture. Circle all. He healed what? All that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself here it goes back to that took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses he carried them away he substituted himself he who knew no sin became sin that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ so this was quoted as the reason why he healed all that were sick it was not that he might give his enemies a vindication of his divinity, but that he might fulfill the character presented of him in ancient prophecy. Had he not done so, he would not have been true to his own character, and if he did not still do so, he would not be Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and what is that, Hebrews 13, I believe, if I remember right, somewhere over here. Yes, amen. So here's a, I want you to have this. We're talking about Jesus. He healed all. Colin, can, since you helped me with this, can you, can you hand those out? Let me grab one here. Get the rest of them. Uh, we mentioned the evangelists a while ago, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all record... Together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record 27 miracles of healing that Jesus did. Now, I want us to know, too, I've got this somewhere here in my, my book. That was not all that he did. Just like this one, he says he healed all. They didn't record all of them. In fact, uh, John, John says at the end. John 20, verse 30 says not all were even recorded. He uses it that way. And then in John 21, he says, verse 25, the world can't contain. The books uh, can't be written to record everything that Christ did. Are you all with me? But these these show, your first column is, uh, you know, shows what was done in one gospel only. The blind men, the demoniac, uh, some of this kind of got cut off a little bit. You can run these scriptures later, but it shows the ones recorded in Matthew, Mark. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke recorded way more miracles than John. John was more into, what's the word here, uh, teaching, just on the Holy Spirit and, and on and on. But uh, he did. He, what, what was it that John did? He did seven trying to remember what they're called he did seven uh proclamations of of seven proclamations and seven attesting miracles i think is what he wrote throughout the entirety of scripture and along with all the quoting a bunch of things that he that christ mm-hmm. said but he he basically built the his entire gospel around seven proclamations of, of christ and seven attesting miracles for those proclamations yeah yeah okay so then it shows here the next column narrated in two gospels the demoniac, uh, 
in the synagogue, Capernaum, both Mark and Luke record that. The centurion service, Matthew and Luke. Uh, the blind and the dumb, demoniac, you know, on and on. You can look at those for yourself. But notice John is not in on very much of that. He's got those four there that he was the only one. He recorded four that the other three didn't. But as far as writing what Matthew, Mark, and Luke did, he, he wrote his own book. John was his own man, wasn't he? And he even says, I was special. <laughs> I was John the Beloved, right? He was the one, in his mind, closer yeah, closer to the, to the master than, than any of them. But again, in his own mind. Anybody ever been a legend in your own mind? <laughs> and, there, uh, and then it gives the category of three, three gospels. Kind of interesting chart, isn't it? Just to see the continuity and the and the stuff. So just keep that in your in your book. I wanted you to have that. And there's some comments over here too that this is taken. You know, if you really want to get into deep, deep Bible study, uh, if and, and and have an answer for anybody. With scripture, this book right here is one that you you would want to put in your library. Uh, we actually don't have this one. We we did it on a Wednesday night, and I've already had some of it. It was a long two years, just about. Yeah, yeah, two years, just about on Wednesday. Probably, yeah. Yeah, right. But it is a powerful. If you if you want to uh, study something on salvation, on sin, and he, he calls it, you know, he he, la he labels it, you know, uh, theology, uh, hamartiology, uh, all the different uh, names. Here. I've already forgot a lot of them, but uh, yeah, eschatology, theology, anthropology, hamartiology, uh, soteriology, which is salvation, all of this stuff. But it. I mean, if you want to get into some deep stuff, this this is a yes. The foundations of Pentecostal theology by Guy Duffield and Nathaniel Cleave. Yeah, D U F F I E L D. So we'll uh, at some point we'll we'll do this book. We are praying right now. Uh, uh, I don't know if I should tell you all that or not, but I will, I guess. I feel okay to say it. Ter Terry, Terry Harris is a, is a very good teacher, written books. He's a guy in our church. You may not have met him yet, but he's written seven books. I want you guys that graduate just with your ordination, I want us to even have a doctorate program here. So, you're down? All right. So that's, he's praying about it. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, she may. Yeah, she, she from, uh, which one did they, which college did they go to? The Pentecost, uh, up here in Bethany. What's the name of it? Yeah, Any, International Pentecostal Holiness, I think, is where they have their certificates but this this church we, we can do so much with our 501c3 we can ordain we can credential we can we, we can have a doctorate all we do is come up with the curriculum like we did for this it's, it's not you know you can go online 
and get a get a, an ordained certificate in 15 minutes is what I hear. You just answer. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a standard. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Colin told me he was working on that. So you're in on the ground. Yeah. It, it's get it's going to get better every time we go through this, isn't it? Can you tell that it? You, John's been in the first sessions and. Yeah. Yep. Some of y'all may. Teaching. Awesome. And I'm not sure, we may have to, you know, there may be a point when we teach these books without, you know, I love the discussion, but, you know, if, if you're listening online somewhere like tonight, you know, we, we chase rabbits, and, and I love that part of it, but we may at some point record all of these six books uh, just pretty much sticking to the, to the subject matter. But I, I think you learn, I'm that type of learner, I, I want to get in on some discussion, and and it oh, yeah. it makes it more applicable. If I don't understand it, and Colin tells me something and it expands it, and there you know, go. shines light on it that I wouldn't know two years ago. Right? Well, and I also think that it helps to have um, practical application. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, we can we can study these things academically until we're blue in the face, but if we hear like hearing the story about Corey. Hearing that story about about that person in your sermon, like we the the concept that you were talking about, it can be in your head, it can be academic all you want. That makes it real. Brings that it gave home. it a heartbeat, exactly. That, I like so that. Uh, that gave it a heartbeat. So I would I think it's actually more significant that we have it in a discussion platform more because then you can hear the questions that somebody at home may be listening. Yeah. And may think the exact same question, and then two minutes later, hey, somebody asks that question and gets answered. Good point. So, yeah. So, good stuff. I love this time together. Uh, we're gonna we're bringing the the airplane in though. Let's hit. Uh, let me see here. I don't think there's no way we can finish chapter one. Do y'all? It is a long chapter. Yeah. Uh, let, let's hit this. Let's finish page. We, let's get at least four pages done tonight. What do y'all say? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to write them in at the top. Uh, it would take entirely too long. He said the same thing we did there that John did to examine in detail the countless records of his healing power and grace or to tell how he cured the leper, the lame, the blind, the palsied, the impotent, the fever-stricken, all that had need of healing, how he linked sickness so often with sin and forgiveness. See, that's the reason I don't understand how people cannot preach. It's the biggest lie of the devil, man. I was just thinking five minutes ago. It's the biggest lie he has sold us. The biggest lie he has sold us is that they are separate. Yeah, exactly. And we can just hide our sin, but somehow it, 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 they are so... You, nobody sinned until, or nobody got sick until the fall. Exactly. One links to the other, period. period. If, if there is something going on, it is attached to sin somewhere. Yep. It might be the repent for our ancestors, too. It might not be your there. original 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A blood, yeah. Break a blood the curse. curse. Yeah. Breaking the reversing I, the curse. Coy wrote I, a I know that Coy I, wrote a book called Reversing the Curse. Actually. And and I know in 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 Mosaic law there was bloodline curses, you know, to the tenth generation, right. etc. and so forth. And I mean, I know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so I'm not sure where. Uh, but I, is that not atoned for? Unless it's, unless it's just unrepentant. Right. That's the question. If it's unrepent, if, if the generations are unrepentant, are they, until someone repents and breaks that curse, is, does it continue? We're also mm-hmm. all under a curse that did not, that robbed God from the tithes and offerings. We all, this uh, country is under a curse, and we as Americans are the ones that are going to have to go and, you know, plead, you know, forgive our country. Yeah. Please Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Yeah. That won't do it, and so it's it's just you know, yeah. 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 yeah, a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that is a legitimate question regarding that generational curse. It question is so. To, would that mean that since he put everyone under the law, are you still? under the shackles of the law if you have not accepted Christ and so therefore that generational curse still applies hmm. I mean I, it, I, that's a genuine question and it's not something I have not thought about until this moment mm-hmm. because yeah. I've heard the whole generational curse thing I've heard the whole mm-hmm. blood curse etc et, et but I never really put much thought into it until well just now um, right <laughs> And you can break it. I mean, that's yeah. the key well, thing. Well, obviously, yes. As soon as you I guess accept I really Christ, understand what your question is. Any curse. Well, uh, when you, my, re, when you, you break the curse. Yeah. When you say, I'm, I'm not going to be like Dad. I'm not going to be like Grandpa. Well, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to live my life for God. Basically, my question is, is that are people who are unrepentant sinners, are they held by the curses of the law, even though they are not even though they are not practicers of it. Because Paul says, you know, if you, are, if you practice the law, then you are bound by every, every curse under the law or every, every statute of the law. And if you break even one of them, then you are, then you are a breaker law. of all of them. Yeah. I don't but know. my question is, is that if you are not a believer at all, are you still held by those same generational curses that the Mosaic law talks about? Because I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is the same to, and he has no. Well, you're still in sin either way. Yeah, you're yeah. still in sin whether, either whether way. Whether it's the law. Yeah. Until the day we die. So every day, Yeah, just subtle little thing he just threw in there during the middle of your day, just some some wrong thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mom well, prayed I'm, this way, Lord, at the end of the day, I can hear her just, you know, forgive me of everything I've thought, said, or done wrong. Things that yeah. I am aware of and those things that I don't even know. Even know, yeah. And that's how I was taught. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Good stuff. Sorry, sorry. It was just a, it was, just a that was just a theological question I was 
I need to okay. do more digging in. Verily, verily, I say unto you. <laughs> Here we go. John 16, 12. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works shall he do because I go to my Father. I like how you put that. Yeah. You can do even greater works than Jesus. Well, but the caveat is, is the only reason that we can do greater things than he did uh, here is because he is at the right, right hand of the Father saying, hey, why don't you do this for him? I love the way he put that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he said, verily, verily, too. Yeah. That, anytime you see verily, verily, listen up. Listen up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's you. There's you a new. There's a new cue card right there, Lisa. Very, very important. Pay attention. So, uh, he said, "The greater works you shall do." At the bottom of page four, and we'll wrap up. So we know they did the same works that he did. Even during his life, he sent out the twelve apostles, and then he sent out the seventy as forerunners of the whole host of the Christian eldership. For the 70 were just the first elders of the Christian age, corresponding to the 70 elders of Moses. Remember that? With Moses couldn't do all the stuff, so he appointed 70. With full power to heal. Yeah. And when he was about to leave the world, guess who else he included? Me and you and everyone, everybody in Christ. So we'll, we'll end on that. Note, all right, the top of five. We'll start there. Anybody got, I want us to pray for Jeff. Really, uh, I went by there today, and well, no, it was yesterday, actually, and uh, having some breathing problems. Talked to him today, and uh, we tried to get him up. Now, he's been laying for 10 days now. You know, just can't. Uh, OU uh, downtown, yeah, by the Capitol there. Uh, you know, it's amazing how quick when you just lay, your body can get. And so he, he tried to, and he said he got dizzy, and he, 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 he had to quit. So pray for him. Strength into his, yes, please, thank you. Pray for him.